0: Live from the next cast, Institute. The game is afoot as we put Sherlock Holmes fans under the lens. Everybody and welcome back to Fanthropological, the podcast that brings the fans' eye view to you. I am one of your hosts, Nick G. Today we're talking the long and storied history of Sherlock Holmes fandom. But before we get to that, allow me to introduce my two co hosts, Nick T. I'm a
1: level 10 bard with the detective
2: archetype. <laughs> mm. uh, Nick Z. Hello, everyone. I'm just wearing a deer stalker and uh, smoking a pipe. <laughs>
0: Elementary, my dear Watson, Holmes never did that. What? I mean, no. Lucy Lou's lying also to us? He also never said elementary, my dear Watson. Oh. He did,
1: he did say elementary and quite frequently said, my dear
0: Watson. It's almost the same same argument as beam me up, Scotty.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, he would say beam me up and people would say sure. Scotty, but never the Scott- two.
0: Yes. <laughs> and uh, play it again, Sam. Uh... Those are the big three I think things people said that they never said <laughs> oh Luke I am your father yeah yeah so how are y'all doing I'll be
1: completely honest I'm a little bit down just in general, not the least of which because we just got back from a convention and there's always a little bit of exhaustion and um, just like general oh this was so cool and now it's back to mundane
0: mm. life it it's um it's called Paris syndrome
1: Oh, I, yeah, I can see yeah. that. I mean, it's it, it's not specifically Paris Syndrome, because that <laughs> actually <laughs> refers to a real condition. <laughs> yes. But, uh, same idea.
0: But also what people uh, talked about experiencing after seeing Avatar, apparently.
2: Yeah. What?
0: Yeah. The very blue <laughs> James Cameron film. Uh, James Cameron's music video for Eiffel 65's <laughs> Blue.
1: Unrelated. I was watching the Smurfs' The Lost Village. And they played blue in there, and I was just thinking to myself, <laughs> "Really? Like, I guess this is for the parents, but it's really contrived."
0: Yeah, you play, you play, you start playing late '90s Euro pop. <laughs> Who is that aimed at?
2: Time travelers. I mean, we haven't,
0: I haven't heard the Venga Boys in a mm-hmm. while.
1: <laughs> yeah, it oh wait, it, wait,
0: does a Six Flags guy dance to a Venga Boys yes, song? That's yes, probably, that's probably the closest yeah we're gonna get <laughs> however i I might entirely be wrong and if you're a part of a hardcore dedicated venga boys underground fan group please email us yeah nickscast.com and we'd love to profile you on the yeah, show we'd love to hear from you even if it even if you just send us a link to that song i'd still <laughs> love to hear that from you
1: yeah so i mean i'm mostly recovering from costume con 35 which should have a lot of good stuff that you can check out on our youtube channel youtubecom slash cast. but uh, I'm wondering how things went for you, Z. And I'm skipping to Z because G was with me a
3: costume con.
0: Uh, Let me just let me just interject briefly. Sure. It's like, like there's there's the there's the come down of the con because con's you know mystical magical world where you see all kinds of cool things, interact with people you know wouldn't normally get to. Mm-hmm. It's also like literally physically exhausting, like it's, it's like walking from a room, sitting down, listening, and then walking to another room and sitting down and listening doesn't sound that that uh like no. it takes that much of a toll on the body but it's like chloe and i turn to each other and we're like oh we haven't
3: <laughs> eaten in eight hours
0: <laughs> and there's so much stimulating you that normally doesn't that it's like your sense of of regulation and and what you ought to be doing with yourself on a given day kind of goes yeah. out the window um so that first that first sleep after a con <sighs> is a heavy one i mostly recovered anyways he,
2: yeah, well it's good to hear that you're both mostly recovered from the uh the con. Um my weekend was a whole lot quieter. Uh but if you take away four from the number of costume cons it was, that's how old I am now. Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, a belated
1: happy birthday to Z. I was gonna say a lot of birthdays going around, but I mean G's <laughs> already happened quite a quite a ways yeah. earlier. But to hey, top you're top. an old man, congratulations. <laughs>
2: You're almost as old as Sherlock Holmes now.
0: Congrats on being, quote, in your 30s. Yeah.
2: I can't be trusted anymore, guys. <laughs> no, wait. I thought it was, now you can be trusted. Well, na- well yeah. These days, I guess I could. But if I ever time travel back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, I'm all out of luck.
0: Yeah. When they were saying, hope I dab before I get old, they were talking about
2: you. <laughs> Good thing I have the antidote to that song. They might be giants. Hope I get old before I die. <laughs>
0: They cancel out and yep. turn into water?
2: If you if you listen to both, you just and have a glass underneath whatever listening device you're using, it just produces water. It just pours water right into the glass. Yeah. Oh. It's bizarre. What happens if I play one of them backwards? I don't think anyone has ever uh, ever survived attempting that.
0: If Z is not here next week, uh, he died <laughs> in the name of science. Or or I should say, air quotes <laughs> science. <laughs>
1: Only the finest science conducted at the Phantomological mm. Institute.
0: That's right. Uh, but
2: happy birthday, Z! Thanks, T. Thanks, T.
0: Yeah, on Shakespeare's birthday, yep.
2: no less. So they say.
0: Was it his birthday or like his death day or like another significant um, moment? Or is it? It's is it actually I, I, his birthday.
2: I'm pretty sure it's credited as being both birthday and death day because they're both pretty unclear. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's like it's like Christmas. You had to decide it somewhere, right?
2: Yep, they had to nail it down to the calendar somewhere. (laughs) 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 Awkward. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, instead of going to the con, I celebrated my birthday, Um, had a little sushi, Uh, went to see uh, Kong, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. could be going to see another movie uh, later this week. Um,
0: Is that a new movie that's in theaters, Kong?
2: Well, the full title is Kong Skull Island. Oh. It's a new one. Samuel L. Jackson's in there, John Goodman, John C. Riley, Loki, oh, Tom Hiddleston.
1: Loki and Tom Hiddleston,
0: wow. Oh yeah. All star cast.
2: Yeah, yeah. Loki has a, a little appearance. I've never seen them in the same well, place together. This this dispels all rumors about who is who. And uh and of course I, I gave away a few more hours of my life to the uh the little disc containing the Legend of Zelda <laughs> Breath of the Wild.
0: People seem to like that.
2: Oh yeah. With good reason.
0: How far are you, percentage-wise?
2: <sighs> um, If I had to guess, I mean, I think you can probably finish the game at like 75% of seeing everything, thereabouts. Um, if I had to guess, probably somewhere around 30.
0: Yikes.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very easy to get distracted <laughs> from, you know, what you're, quote, what supposed a, what to be a, doing. What, a
0: time, what a time to be alive. <laughs> you can be distracted. In video games with other parts of the video game. (laughs) Yep. Donkey Kong can only have dreamed.
2: And if you could just, if you just wander out beyond all those girders and, you know, see the the world that had already been constructed, not just the one that was being constructed, who knows? (laughs) I
0: guess guess it was a construction site, right? Where they put all the (laughs) barrels at the top.
2: So, yeah. (laughs)
0: How much of it did Donkey Kong set up, and how much was just like that?
2: Uh, Donkey I mean, Kong. Part of it was yeah.
1: destroyed when he hopped down, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, that's true. They all went at weird angles, but none of them fell down.
1: Nope. Mario's construction crew
0: was mm-hmm. on the job, <laughs> which is weird because he's also <laughs> the reckoning company. So, yeah. What are the barrels of oil
2: probably
1: for setting buildings on fire?
0: <laughs> Obvious. Sure. Think about how much that'd be worth now. Oh, man, bespoke oil barrels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, speaking of distractions, maybe we can take this distraction away and go back to the next part of the show, which I like to call Bandom Facts."
3: facts.
1: Ah, sounds so good. Sounds so good every time I hear it. All right, so. Some of this is a little bit of trivia, so if, if you guys want to make some guesses, I'll get around mm-hmm. to that. But starting from the top, this week, as was mentioned, we are talking about Sherlock Holmes fandom. This week, while talking about the origins, we are, of course, referring to the world's most famous fictional private detective who first appeared in print in 1887, which is 200... No, 200 years is too many. 130 years? 130. 130. 130 years. So first appeared in A Study in Scarlet, he is the creation of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and is well known for his deductive reasoning, forensic science, and logic that borders on the fantastic. The origins of the fandom, quite differently than most of the things we discuss, is ancient. Well, Mm. By that I mean we're actually talking about a fandom that has fans like way, 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 way way back. We're not talking about something from the (laughs) 70s. We're talking about something from much earlier. So in... Uh, the origins of the fandom in 1897. That is merely a decade, which uh, today would be an ungodly amount of time, but back then would probably be more normal. In 1897, the first fan fiction appears, which is quite possibly the first fan fiction ever. Uh, it was John Kendricks' Pursuit of the Houseboat, uh, and that was released during the time period when Holmes had been killed off between 1893 and 1903. A little bit later in time, in 1934, the Baker Street Irregulars was founded in New York City. There was also, um, I think it was the Sherlock Holmes Foundation. There was a different organization founded in London, but it subsequently closed in the 50s and then reopened again in the 70s. Hmm. Um,
2: well, like I, I also what? read up about uh, the Sherlock Holmes Society, and I remember reading that they started alongside the uh, Baker Street Irregulars in 1934, ended in 37, but then were back in 1952. I could have got the dates messed okay. up because I didn't write that down. This is the biggest problem with doing
1: research and not the one. Notes. The one in
0: London went went away yeah. for a bit yeah. and then returned. Uh,
1: however, the Baker Street Irregulars is one of the oldest and still probably one of the largest Sherlock Holmes organizations dedicated to the fandom. Uh, and then there's probably a long break in the fandom or many subsequent breaks in the fandom as mm. different adaptations yeah. come along. But then the fandom starts again, like broadly... With BBC Sherlock in 2010 and, I guess, Elementary in 2012.
0: (laughs) I guess. Jeez. I mean, it did happen.
1: I mean, I'll explain when we get a little further into these (laughs) fandom facts. Uh, Sherlock Holmes fans are known as Sherlockians, (laughs) I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes Holmesians. Mm. The fandom is most active probably around now with the advent of BBC Sherlock. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the size of the fandom is hard to estimate the highest figure from the first series of bbc sherlock was 7.5 million viewers for the opening episode a study in pink Uh, the second series averaged over 8 million viewers and i actually managed to get some really rough demographic information at least for bbc sherlock Mm. do people want to guess the age ethnicity and gender of bbc sherlock fans Mm.
0: Like the like the majority or the yeah the, the majority the
2: yeah um, I'm gonna guess teenage <laughs> white girls all right Z <laughs> I'll do you one better perhaps um twenty one year olds North American and <laughs> Z
3: do you have, do you have demographics <laughs> by specific age <laughs> residence
1: <laughs> I mean both of you are more or less correct so. Um, from this article on Pop Matters, uh, where they conducted a survey of Sherlock fans with um, over about 565 people who'd taken the survey, the majority of the survey respondents were female, under 30, and living in the U.S. or the U.K. Hmm. However, it's a small survey, and but that's what we got. Yeah. In terms of fan terms, one that I came across, and I'm sure you two have other fan terms, mm-hmm. was the hiatus.
2: Yeah. Okay, well...
1: Z, how about you <laughs> tell me what
2: it is then? Ah! Jerk face. Agreeing that I came across it, but I will, ex- I will, I, I can explain okay. if you like. Uh, Please do. Yeah, it was the hiatus is the term that they that fans used to refer to the uh, period where Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was not writing any new Sherlock Holmes stories between 1893 and 1903.
0: Much like Harry Potter's three-year summer. Hmm. Or, I don't know, the eternal wait for whenever the next Game of Thrones book comes out. for <laughs> it. <laughs> notable, these notable periods the, of waiting. Exactly. The
2: or the exactly. Wilderness Series. Well, call back to Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah, I'm
0: Doctor Who. Hmm.
1: Um, that was the most prominent fan term I came across. I don't know if uh, either of you had
2: others that you wanted to bring up. I have a few. Oh,
1: okay.
3: <laughs> Sorry. I,
2: I only had one more, so I mean, if you have a few, you I probably covered the... covered the other one I, just I found. keep using <laughs> ones that
0: i found yes and i'll <laughs> fill out the rest oh, sure
2: ahead. um the other one that i came across was the great game which don't define that don't define okay. that yet. i want to okay. talk about gonna... that okay i'm gonna th- okay. a lot more okay. later
1: on okay
0: uh, i'm excited some mystery okay a couple other ones i found uh mm. pastiche yes. oh yes i did come across that is what people call mm-hmm. the fanfics in the day we have canon or the sacred writings <laughs> which right. are the canonical sherlock holmes about which there is some debate about the the stories printed after the original death mm-hmm. of Holmes, or after the return of Holmes, uh, about their
2: inclusion. Also, one of the first fanish uses of the term, or the first, in fact, of canon. Of, yeah, of canon to refer to the like body of accepted works for a fandom. Yeah,
0: outside of like the English literary canon, like yeah. even like a biblical yeah uh, canon. Sometimes Holmes was referred to as the master, mm. which. I got that from fan and it itself said maybe it's not used so much as to avoid confusion with the master from Doctor Who. <laughs> Understandably, yeah,
1: yeah, um, that's about it. It's interesting because pastiche is just a general term, yeah, but it 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 was meant as like fanfic, mm-hmm. yes, basically, which I find really surprising. I'm not sure
2: that like, would would uh, people who were really into Sherlock Holmes in the 1890s refer to themselves as fans like was that a common victorian word no they would not i learned about this yeah. during my research
0: we also had that stupid interaction in that one episode of doctor who where the doctor meets charles <laughs> dickens what the shakespeare <sighs> as in you know, no it's it charles dickens
1: <laughs> so apparently fans would not have been the preferred term i don't know what it would have mm-hmm. been but that term was only just gaining steam like the word fanatic, yep. because of people following baseball uh, in North right. America at the time. So it was only starting to catch on. Oh, cool.
3: Yeah. Cool.
0: So I have here the first, as far as I can find, piece of fan or what have you, criticism. Would you like to
2: guess from what year it is?
1: Um, well, if this is what I think it is, mm. I'm going to say
0: 1941. Okay. Z.
2: I am going to guess 1911.
0: Frank Sidgwick published in the Cambridge Review in January 23rd, 1902. What? An open letter to Dr. Watson, the Hound of the Baskervilles, at fault.
2: (laughs) Doesn't sound good for Dr. Watson. (laughs)
0: <laughs> about how a bunch of the dates are wrong or like how it couldn't have oh. taken place then because the, this was a Sunday and like <laughs> the dates don't match this like classic fan stuff, right? That's uh, yeah. That <laughs> but, sounds
1: like some what is it? Uh, that sounds like some Watsonian versus Doylist stuff oh going on there. You better oh believe no, we're going to talk about that.
0: <laughs> oh boy, One of the best things I've heard. But I'm not actually going to read it. It's not honestly that interesting. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Like, like most tirades, I assume it is that. not. Yeah, um, the exception of one about dad cook with lime <laughs> Um But yeah, 1902, which was the year Hound of the Baskervilles came out. Yeah, that I'm not sure about. It no, it's the year after. The year after Hound of the Baskervilles came out, right. which was a situation in which Holmes had died in the stories, mm-hmm. and Conan Doyle was working on a detective story, not necessarily for Holmes. I was like, I'll just put Sherlock Holmes on it, and then he's like, "Oh, this is something that happened before he died, so it's okay." <laughs> yeah, the death was like a, a key moment because Doyle didn't think all that much of Holmes. He was like, "Yeah," he was like, "Eh, eh, yeah, pays the bills," but he <laughs> wanted to do quote serious writing. Yeah,
2: like more historical writing. Yeah, which of course nobody remembers.
0: No, all of the articles and and. And things that I read that are like he wanted to focus on on more serious works. Mm-hmm. And it never says what those are. <laughs> but yeah, so he was like, All right, you know what? I gotta kill him. It's the only way you No, know, before that, before that, he was like, Alright, how do I I wanna I wanna have to actually have time to write what I actually want to write. So Holmes is a problem. So at first he just was like, I will just ask for ridiculous amounts of money <laughs> and then they'll be like, No, and then I won't have to do any more, but they just gave him whatever he asked for.
3: <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then he's like, I got to kill him. Uh, and he actually went on vacation to to Switzerland and saw the falls, the Reichenbach falls, hmm. which was the scene. But, like, hand in hand with that, and this is crucial, Doyle often, brilliant though he was, often dashed the stories off hmm. without, you know, cross-referencing his dates. Yep. And, and, you know, errors with relationships between characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was like, if it's a good story, it's a good story. Don't worry about the details.
2: <laughs> yeah. Which in a way I think sort of helped the fandom grow because then people picked up on these inconsistencies because they were so drawn into the stories. And then that just led to, to speculation, which sort of brings the characters and the stories into everyday conversation. People bond over it and it becomes all that more important to them.
0: And now we're talking about the great game.
2: Oh boy. What?
0: Right? What?
2: Think
1: the game is a foot. No, the game is a game. <laughs> the,
0: <laughs> the game is the application of Sherlockian or Holmesian logic to the home stories themselves.
1: Oh. What?
0: Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I have well, I thought it was a a pretty cool thing. That I pretty much read all I just sat here and read all of it. Wow. Called "Studies in the Literature of Sherlock Holmes" by Monsignor Ronald A. Knox, nineteen eleven. Yes. And the first, the first paragraph is is quite a nice summation, and like like not just for this, but for fandom. Okay. Uh, I really like this. If there is anything pleasant in life, it is doing what we aren't meant to do. If there is anything pleasant in criticism, it is finding out what we aren't meant to find out. It is a method by which we treat as significant what the author did not mean to be significant by which we single out as essential what the author regarded as incidental. Thus, if one brings out a book on turnips, the modern scholar tries to discover from it whether the author was on good terms with his wife. If a poet (laughs) writes on buttercups, every word he says must be used as evidence against him at an inquest of his views on a future existence. On this fascinating principle, we delight to extort economic evidence from, from Aristophanes, because Aristophanes knew nothing of economics. We try to extract (laughs) cryptograms from Shakespeare because we are inwardly certain that Shakespeare never put them there. We sift and winnow the gospel of St. Luke in order to produce a synoptic problem because St. Luke, poor man, never knew the synoptic problem to exist. There is, however, a special fascination in applying this method to Sherlock Holmes because it is, in a sense, Holmes' own method. It has long been an axiom of mine, he says, that the little things are infinitely the most important. It might be the motto of his life's work. And it is not as we clergymen say, by the little things, the apparently unimportant things that we judge of a man's character. That was some weird nesting comma stuff at the end there.
2: Classic early 20th century <laughs> English writing.
0: Well, and it's quite a long piece, mm. and it dissects like the 11 essential elements to a Sherlock Holmes story, oh, wow. and this one only contains four. Can it really be part of the real canon? Mm-hmm. But it's meant to satirize uh, biblical scholars, yeah.
1: I mean, more than anything, G, what you've just told me is that listicles have always yeah. been popular. <laughs> they have always been.
0: We love lists, especially the odd-numbered ones.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that um, that kind of sounds like the be- the precursor, or perhaps it was, in the discussion at the same time about the Doylist versus Watsonian.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much in here. What? Is oh, okay. It? So Perfect. let's. Do you want? Do you want to get talk about that? Okay.
1: Oh, I just wondered if yeah. if that had come up directly, or
0: oh, it's. It's in there. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, what's what's an interesting artifact? I mean, getting away from fandom facts entirely. Mm. Yes, is uh is this idea of Watsonian versus Doyleist analysis? And it's not so much interesting that the two viewpoints exist, so much as that those two terms are used even outside of Sherlock Holmesian
0: like critique. Yeah, they were one of the first fandoms, so they get to like you know define all these terms yeah
1: so oh are you going to explain it because if you are, I'll I'll define it yeah please do
0: um and it works particularly well in the context of Sherlock Holmes so a Watsonian viewpoint is an explanation for errata or like things that seem strange in the context of the story given an in-story explanation Sherlock didn't die Watson just did that to sell more copies of the book where he mm-hmm. was hiding what Holmes was really doing during that time that he was gone. Yeah. Whereas the Doyleist is, is the is the real world perspective. Okay. Doyle was sick of Sherlock. Wanted to kill him off. Kept getting letters, <laughs> and so on and so forth. So that's the you know, the eternal struggle, and a lot of the fun, the fun criticism comes in like, Doyle was just Watson's literary agent, but it was really watson writing the stories he's a real person yeah (laughs) and the thing about that is is the way that the perspective that the books are narrated from there's basically no difference between watson and doyle
3: yeah
2: it's got Um, that first person perspective from watson's perspective
0: they're narrated by someone watching him yeah so like that that was like solidified as like okay is watson a real person is this just like kind of hoax or something or is doyle just writing this Mm -hmm. so that's that's the the watsonian versus doyle I love. He gets into like like stuff I was talking about. Like, did Watson just fake the death to for another reason to throw the the spotlight elsewhere? And there's dispute that we we have we have basically a Paul is dead almost situation where it's like there is actually another Watson who wrote these particular stories because Holmes seems uncharacteristic compared to the rest of his stories. Hmm. Like, normally he never says the client's first, first name, but in this one he did. So maybe this is a different Watson and it's like... man, And it's all... Like, this article in particular is all satire. Like, mm-hmm. like the sources are like, Monsieur Piff Poof. <laughs> and like, Madame Paper Maché and stuff. So it's like...
1: <laughs> it's too bad that it wasn't like <laughs> Mr. Strawman but in French. <laughs>
0: Today it would be. Uh. But yeah, and that's the game piece together the inaccuracies examine home stories with holmesian logic and what do you really find that is the great game that is afoot with sherlock finn
3: Mm -hmm.
0: or should i say sherlock holmes
1: right well taking a a quick step back briefly just tipping our toe into fandom facts i do have some information on how many fanfics i found
0: (laughs) oh yeah go forth. (laughs)
1: yeah I have stats for Sherlock Holmes and related sub-fandoms, so just all of it. Mm -hmm. Sherlock, specifically BBC Sherlock, and Elementary. Hmm. On fanfiction.net, they do not have one meta category that includes everything. So, for Sherlock Holmes, which I presume to be the literary character, there are 3,900 fanfics. Not a lot. Right. For Elementary, there are approximately 750. That is not very many by comparison whatsoever. Mm -hmm. For BBC Sherlock, there are (laughs) (laughs) 58,000. And on Archive of Our Own, the entire Sherlock Holmes fandom, so Sherlock Holmes, BBC Sherlock, Elementary, any of those things, there are over 100,000 fanfics. Man, oh man. If if that is a roll-up category... Then what is more interesting is that there are over 94,000 BBC Sherlock fanfics. Wow.
0: Holy crow. Uh,
1: I assume it's edition, so that means most of them are BBC Sherlock, and there are approximately 2,000 for elementary.
0: People love that that thing.
1: That is a lot of fanfic.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: A very prominently ficked show. Yes.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. At this point, I'm sure there are like, hey... What if Sherlock Holmes was a baker and Watson was his housewife? If that fanfic doesn't <laughs> exist, please send it to Nick at the nextcast dot com and we will probably read it on air.
0: Oh, that was a fan theory by the way.
1: Oh yes, I, I had that in my
0: notes too. Um yeah, that that Watson was a woman.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly one of the first fan theories.
0: <laughs> yes, because someone read into their chemistry or like their like romantic their romantic tension, if you will. In the stories, and it was like, "Oh, it was what? Maybe Watson was a woman."
1: Apparently, that discussion though was kind of tongue-in-cheek. Even mm-hmm. though it was an early discussion of gender swap, it did not sit well with the Baker Street Irregulars.
0: Oh, a little too irregular for them, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, yes. I, I guess going through all the different <laughs> fan lore articles, that would be very much a situation where there were gatekeepers into a fandom. Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Especially back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That was in 1941, which was like 50 years, 60 years after Sherlock was introduced as a as a character.
0: So, I want to go back slightly to the death of the original death of Sherlock, 1893. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys didn't find this, but <laughs> <laughs> I like trivia questions. So, the world was in mourning. It made the front page in many newspapers. Many people wore black armbands. The fan mail to Doyle did not cease. One notably started with, you brute.
1: (laughs) That sounds like the most vulgar language that could be written at the time.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. 20,000 people canceled their subscription to the Strand magazine (laughs) that Sherlock was published in. That was like half the people that were alive back then. (laughs) Ew. It wasn't, but... Try harder. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a third of the people that were alive back then.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a
0: lot. Apparently,
1: not only that, twenty thousand people canceled their subscription. As a result, the magazine barely survived.
0: Oh,
2: wow! It would always give them
0: a gigantic bump in readership if there was a Sherlock story in there. I didn't see that. Yeah, like by ten thousand people or something.
2: Wow.
1: On the subject of interesting little facts about Sherlock, did you know that Sherlock Holmes? Like, the stories are in the public domain in the UK and Canada, but not
0: in the US. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Very weird. I'm going to pull up a short story with no moral ambiguity. <laughs> because we were in Canada. Uh,
1: this is my new OC, uh, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Do not go. <sleep> at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So... Before we dig into the why of why Sherlock has endured this hundred and thirty or however many years we said it was, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, was gonna say, is... I thought
0: we've been doing that, but I guess we
2: haven't. Oh I know. We haven't explicitly right. been doing that. Yeah. I
1: was wondering if we could we've take been a
2: do a lot of preamble.
1: Yeah. Well I mean it's it's all been relevant mm-hmm. to we're like Sherlock Holmes is probably one of the most historical fandoms we've covered so far, more so than even Star Trek. Yeah. Because Star Trek extends back to, what, the 70s? The 60s? I forget. 60s. But we're going back another 50, 70, whatever. A lot more years. (laughs) Math on the air is not my strong suit. Fair enough. So I was going to see if we could take a quick trip back on memory lane to last week. To our famous last words. To see if it either revealed anything or just made us sound stupid. I don't care. It's fun in any case. So... G. Last week, you had asked, "What is the oldest fan work, and what was the fandom like in the 19th century?"
0: I think we've covered that to this point, actually.
1: <laughs> okay, perfect.
0: So not embarrassing. The old fanfic was was that fanfic that was mentioned. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, Z. Mm-hmm. You had asked, "Is there a a small studio kind of web series of Sherlock Holmes?" Did you find an answer to that?
2: I researched it strenuously and, and came up with. Not a one. Instead, I came up with four. Uh, What? But, yeah, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I found that there were actually quite a few. Um, Some of them, two of them seemed to stick more or less... Well, actually, three of them seemed to stick more or less to the actual, like, stories from, I I guess, quote-unquote, the canon. Those being... 221b which was just a more domestic story about sherlock and watson sort of their their gettings on as flatmates not so much about the mysteries um there's also there's no place like holmes in which holmes and watson are thrown into the modern day via some sort of demonic ritual in 1895 Uh, and then they I, i guess they resume their detective work in uh, what would would have been at the time, uh, 2010. Um, and then there was also S, open parenthesis, her, close parenthesis, lock.
0: It's got to be a less confusing way to do that.
2: Yeah, like, sh-her-lock. <laughs> Maybe? I'm not entirely sure how it would be pronounced, um, only how it would be written. But that one was an all-female cast sort of reproduction of the original stories, except that they're set a hundred years later. So in the 1990s, 1980s, Watson is a transgender woman. Um, Sherlock's a woman, a bunch of people are women. I think, um,
0: you said it was an all woman. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Um, who's that? Except for Irene Adler. No, um, actually I don't know if she was cast or not in it. Anyway, they, they also had a, a drag queen as the house owner, the landowner. Um, Mrs. or in this case Mr Uh Mrs. not coming to me. Neither no, not coming Sorry. to me either. Boy, I think we know I think we know my answer for in or out. <laughs> hey.
0: Keep a lid on it.
2: <laughs> anyway, and um I also found another one called Baker Street, in which it again is more about the domestic interactions of the two, but they're both women and it's set entirely in Toronto and it makes no bone like it doesn't try to hide that fact um, because this was an Indiegogo funded web series Hmm. by two Canadian actresses based in Toronto who wanted to do four things with their adaptation. They wanted to show the universality of stories regardless of gender, increase the exposure of women of all sexualities in media, put Toronto on film, as a city in and of itself, rather than just as some, you know, anonymous city, as is often the case, and to challenge the border between creator and audience, because part of what they were trying to do with it was they were trying to uh, do something similar to what MS Paint Adventures is always doing, in that the canon of the series was supposed to be directed by fans.
0: Oh, cool.
2: I don't know how far they got with that, though, because it only lasted for three episodes. Hmm. I mean, it's a web series. It doesn't have to be very long. No, that's true. But their Indiegogo did mention a second season, which I don't think ever materialized. Okay. Yeah. Before
0: I get to my next point, I'm going to stand up here for Flim Toronto and say, there's that one block of Yonge Street that just repeats in kick-ass. Oh. <laughs> um, cool. And the first X-Men, when they're in that train station or whatever, that yeah. was in Hamilton. Yeah. Hey,
1: don't forget, don't forget uh, everybody's favorite Toronto movie. Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim. the word. Yeah, yeah, that was
0: actually yeah. Toronto is pretty important to that story, and it was filmed entirely in Toronto. <laughs> Shocking. Well, this
2: this there web go. series, this uh, web series Baker Street in particular, um, came out in 2015, so it did come out after pretty much all of those. But mm-hmm. I guess they still felt that Toronto needed to be more of a, of a city on film.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Now, were all of these series mm-hmm. either? British
2: or Canadian? Um, 221B, about Sherlock and Holmes and how they get along as flatmates, which was set more or less, or at least attempted to be set um, in the 1890s, was Canadian-made. It was filmed in five days in Beaverton, Ontario. There is a Beaverton? (laughs) There is a Beaverton. (laughs) Uh, It was sponsored by many local Beaverton businesses as well.
0: I will say, thebeaverton.com, which is... uh, (laughs) come roaring on the sea in the past months is the canadian version of the onion and actually quite funny. (laughs)
3: Can we go
2: on yep um and there's baker street based in toronto um and then the uh the sherlock with the parentheses around her um it was the sort of culmination it sounded like of a bunch of students sort of graduate studies of acting from the university of maine or a main university. Oh, it's American. Yeah. However, the fourth one, and I believe the longest running one with six series of at least three episodes of around 30, 40 minutes length, <laughs> No Place Like Holmes, was based in the UK.
0: So the answer to my question is no. They're not all Canadian or British. <laughs> uh,
2: no, because of that one exception. Yes, I was just
0: wondering because of the, because of the public domain uh, thing had a hand in that
2: i don't think the
1: character is copyright i think the stories are copyright Uh, oh gotcha gotcha so
2: yeah yeah
0: i mean as you said holmes he's like the most portrayed
2: character yeah 75 actors have portrayed holmes i believe
1: well i'm glad that you found an answer to your question z because (laughs) i was definitely on a warpath looking to put egg on everyone's faces oh yeah and i failed miserably
0: not even on your own
1: No, I mean, my question was ambiguous and broad deliberately, because I really... Well, my question was, why are there so many Sherlock's? Like, seriously. (laughs) Why are there so many adaptations of Sherlock? Why is Sherlock Holmes so ridiculously popular, Mm -hmm. even to this day?
0: Well, that brings us to the why. Why?
1: I read an interesting but probably controversial opinion as to why Sherlock Holmes is as popular as he is.
0: can we dare to hear it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I won't say it's controversial because it flies in the face of modern storytelling. Oh, ho. Oh. So, one of the reasons that I read that Sherlock Holmes may be as popular as he is as a character is because Sherlock Holmes is a two-dimensional character. He is a flat character. That flies in the face of much of the storytelling today where characters need to have depth.
0: He is not a dynamic
1: character. No. Uh, Flat characters are characters who are static. They do not change. They are not going to surprise the character. When it appears that a character is trying to be genuine, but it comes off as ingenuine, then somebody is flat trying to be round. Yeah. But Sherlock is flat. It's like, what is he going to do? Well, we know these things about him. He will use his deductive reasoning... To solve a problem he will have a cocaine addiction or something <laughs> yep he will Check. be concerned with solving the problem uh, he might play a violin or smoke a pipe or something <laughs> like that and that's that's it Some or not
0: some with bees wait some with bees sometimes he has bees eh. oh
1: sorry I remembered um, what is it mr. Holmes the one with Ian McKellen yes he had bees on that one hmm. <laughs> it was an important plot point actually Cool. Did you not see it? Uh, no. Okay. No, not not yet. It was a fun watch. In any case, so he's a a static character, and as a result of that, it makes it very easy to adapt that character to other circumstances and situations. In fact, because of the flatness of the character, and because the characters focus on telling these stories of forensic science and deduction, Mm -hmm. the novels are more of a framework, Mm. which is fit for reinventing things. On how you analyze the life and times of the world that we inhabit. So, hmm. Sherlock Holmes is like, this is Victorian England. BBC Sherlock, this is the modern day where we've got Afghanistan and a surveillance state and and yeah. all this stuff. And it's not so much about the
2: specific character as it is how they explore the world. So, the man who wields a lens is himself a
1: lens. I want to say you're wrong so badly but <laughs> but i believe you are right like a checks out <laughs> your story checks out okay
2: much to tease
0: <laughs>
1: yes
2: i think that is a, a very controversial uh take on the, the popularity of sherlock because to my mind and and based on a little bit of of what i dug up it sounds like that's a better explanation as to why sherlock has been adapted so much I mean, yes, it probably answers
0: my question more than why people like <laughs> him. His, his, <laughs> you can import him anywhere. Yeah. He fits, he fits wherever. Yeah. I wonder if anyone has done a story like 100 years before. Huh. Or like Sherlock earlier than the time that he was written.
2: There, there oh. are some like, there is a there is a detective who is like a proto. Catfail? Yeah, that's the one. Yep. The probably Welsh Probably Welsh. Like 12th century yeah, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how Sherlockian Brother Cadfill's ways of solving crimes are, but...
0: Well, another reason for perhaps why is what I'm going to get into here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Holmes was the OG, mm-hmm. by which I mean the original gangster <laughs> of detective fiction.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He was, to detective fiction, what Tolkien was to fantasy. Yeah, He was it. He was we wouldn't have like Miss Marple, Hercule Poirot, Cadfael, Alex Cross, others.
2: <laughs> others.
0: <laughs>
1: that was actually funny when I was reading through. I think it was an article on how Sherlock changed the the world or something to that effect. He mm. was talking about Poirot specifically and how Agatha Christie describes him deliberately in contrast. Instead of being tall and lean, he's short and fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that
0: doesn't like, resemble Holmes. Nah.
1: Yeah. And that's like, well, he needs kind of like a foil or some other character to bounce things off of, so he has like Captain something as his associate. Yeah. But it it's it's like a no it's it's not even like I'm ripping off this character, it's very deliberate <laughs> that it's like Holmes is the archetype for this.
0: Yeah, Holmes is the complete archetype for all of it. For like person who is more interested in ideas of the mind than hanging out with people. And stuff like that, hence the cocaine, yeah, as the, the the world bores him otherwise, like it created the mystery genre pretty much as it is, I mean there there will be differences in there now, but there are none, if not for homes. We still haven't gotten rid of the trope of really intelligent people who are assholes. <laughs> that's completely constant,
2: <laughs> well, like man, I feel like the admittedly at, little research you, Sheldon. <laughs> I feel like the admittedly <laughs> little research I did outside of answering my own question from last week is, <laughs> is kind of perfectly addressing all these points because um, I went on Reddit as I often do when I uh, do my research for this podcast and I came, I came across one particular thread uh, entitled, can someone explain to me why all of these TV adaptations of Sherlock make, make him an apple And like, the the general gist of of people's comments was the books allow watson's description to be more nuanced so it's in the books it can it can come across more clearly that holmes does have a tender side but it is often masked by a, a very stark brisk coldness whereas in tv and movies it's a lot harder to get that across because you know if you're just trying to get across that he is staring at you coldly you can't have somebody say to somebody else on screen, Oh man, what a what a cold stare. <laughs> the actor has to sort of over exaggerate the coldness of the stare. And then that translates into like that obscures whatever tenderness that that actor's version of Sherlock has. In the
0: stories, you see Holmes through the lens of Watson's like fondness for him yes. and his methods and all that. Yeah. But that's in the true. show, you are seeing him through the camera.
2: Yeah. I also found a, a blog article about sherlock holmes just being an introvert Mm there are often the addictions There are often a few show or not often necessarily but a few shows where holmes is just um actually much like mr sheldon cooper assessed to have asperger's or you know some sort of Mm -hmm. quote-unquote social disorder um and that's why he is the way he is very closed and all that stuff but in this blog article, the writer makes the point that Sherlock Holmes is just an introvert. He just does all of his thinking um, in his in his own mind before he even bounces things off of Watson, his eternal sounding board.
0: Yeah, which makes you know the perspective of Watson in the stories interesting that way. Yeah, that's where a lot of the um, apparent brilliantness comes from. Yeah, because you don't see the steps that he's making in his brain. Yeah. That's why I was kind of interesting in BBC Sherlock what they did they did like the mind palace and they animated <laughs> it. Yep.
1: Yeah. Taking this on a tangent. That all makes sense in so far as why people like Sherlock that are from a North American perspective or I guess a western perspective. So when I was doing my research I was also trying to find out if Sherlock is universally just a western thing or also has appeal beyond like North America, Europe, et cetera. Yeah. I found that the answer to that question is actually yes. Oh. Which maybe is like, well, maybe there's more to the why, or maybe that is the why. I'm not sure which. Mm. So when I was doing my research, I found out that Sherlock, especially BBC Sherlock, but prior to BBC Sherlock, just the character Sherlock Holmes has been popular in Asia, as an example. Mm-hmm. In China, fans have popularized elaborate. Sorry, this is a quote from a BBC article. In China, fans have popularized elaborate fan fiction posting this particular Sherlock, whom they call Curly Fu, and Watson as a gay couple. Japanese fans pour over Sherlock manga. Korean pop group Shinny recorded a tribute song. <laughs> Cumberbatch fans have their own squad name, Cumberbitches, known for their Beatles-level reaction to the dreamy star. But of course, <laughs> as we, as I had. Gone on at length about last episode. <laughs> there's also manga like Sherlock Hound, which obviously came out before BBC Sherlock, mm-hmm. uh, Detective Conan, yeah, and then which I prob- believe also
0: did. Right?
1: Oh yes, long ago, like probably early 2000s, late 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, not yeah. sure about the timing. And then there's probably been umpteen dojinji about Sherlock Holmes. And so I was like, okay, so does that does that change the why? It's is it just about a brilliant man being the canonical detective mystery
0: archetype
3: mm-hmm.
0: I mean in terms of being the mystery archetype I could see a lot of people wanting to be like to investigate the origins of the genre but you can stop that sentence earlier and I think you have it uh, a brilliant man that's what people want to watch <laughs> I mean the popularity of CSI it moves a lot slower than a Sherlock Holmes story mm-hmm. but it's still the same thing and I love Grisham <laughs> Such a great character.
1: That was a... CSI Las Vegas was a good show. Yeah. I imagine every police procedural kind of has its roots in the storytelling of Sherlock Holmes.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no way that it doesn't. <laughs> it is, however, combating a thing that Holmes may have started, which is the incompetency of the regular police force. <laughs>
2: yeah. Apparently that came from, like, that's just part of Conan Doyle's own sort of beliefs, own, no. own politics bumbling uh police officers over here yep or as sherlock in doyle's own words is a calculating
0: machine that's true yeah so he does figure it yeah, out yeah
2: just set him to the mystery and away he goes or as uh, as a guardian article mentioned i think this speaks a little bit to why sherlock holmes is a mystery who solves mysteries i
0: mean yeah in terms of him being a flat character was him taking cocaine ever like a problem and the original, like, like lots and lots and lots of works, later works, yep. have addressed
2: it. Yep. I remember I came across it somewhere, probably in the middle of an article that I just kind of glossed over. It kind of came out a little bit later in an adaptation by another author called The 7% Solution, which I think is a reference to the solution, of, like the amount of, of cocaine in a solution that Holmes would take.
0: Like about the seven percent
2: solution? Yeah, so like, I think the idea was that he he was taking cocaine, but in in the immortal words of uh, of Lemmy from Motorhead, although he was talking about <laughs> meth, and not cocaine, um, you know, it's okay to t- it's okay to take it, just don't make your whole life about it.
0: I guess he didn't.
2: I guess he didn't. I mean, he's too busy solving mysteries, right?
0: Now there's a line in the Studies in the Literature of Sherlock Holmes, the piece from 1911. Mm-hmm. That says it is a known fact that several people contracted the dirty and deleterious habit of taking cocaine as a result of reading the books. I don't know if that part is satire or not. Hmm. That would be ridiculous, though.
2: <laughs> it's tricky to nail that sort of stuff down. Cause, I mean, a lot of there, are, there are a few stories about you know books that feature characters who do like extreme things, and then later on there's like a big trend in people doing the same thing. But is that actually did that actually happen or is it just a story that yeah. people are telling after the fact cocaine did also
0: did not have the cultural baggage that it has now that's back in yeah the turn of the century yeah that's true in the seven percent solution yep yeah. one of the most famous pieces of published fan fiction I guess we'll call it
1: <laughs> pastiche yeah.
0: yes pastiche uh it's Holmes meets Freud right and Freud helps him with his cocaine addiction <laughs> yeah 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 and that was from that was written in 76 I believe uh, yep.
2: And I believe some Watsonians have uh, taken that story and used it as an explanation for where Holmes really was when he was dead.
0: <laughs> oh, he was in rehab. Yep, or just in a basement in <laughs> an opium den. Was he in an opium den in in an episode?
2: In an episode of Sherlock, I... he was like in a in a cocaine in like a, an abandoned building where coke addicts <laughs> took it. Yeah. Like, there's got to be a story, either canonical or non, where they go to an opium den. I mean... I feel like
0: I have a bunch of nesting brackets to jump out of from, wh- from where I was. Yeah. Because uh, I was talking about, like, like, was cocaine even a problem for him? Because he was, like, a flat character. Mm-hmm. And he's just... He's a brilliant machine that solves mysteries. Yeah. Uh, much, like the, much like the CSI team.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or house. House. I mean, house is homes. Yeah. House! is another word for a home. <laughs> and he has a drug problem and he solves medical problems using forensics. He's Sherlock
3: Holmes. <laughs>
0: should have been called uh, houses. <laughs> People like watching things be figured out mm-hmm. and seeing if they can um, anticipate it. Yeah. Or beat that like cuz generally you get the clues first. Yep. And then everybody <laughs> And then Houch thinks he found the cure, but that's not the cure. It's the (laughs) second one that's the cure, and sometimes the second one isn't the cure, but definitely the third one. It's never lupus. Except
1: that one time it was. Except except when it was lupus that one time. I think it was actually lupus
0: twice. Yeah. I did not watch all of that show.
1: I'm pretty sure I've seen it all. There's a lot
0: to watch. I watched the first, like, four seasons or something. That's That's a lot. That's a lot.
1: Yeah. Good show. Um, one thing that I'm surprised did not come up in our research. Apparently, all three of us conducted our research primarily on Sherlock Holmes with very little <laughs> to say about <laughs> Watson or oh. Moriarty, who are arguably also <laughs> very important characters in the canon of Sherlock Holmes.
0: Well, we talked a bit about Watson. But well, I mean, yeah. Watson has a cipher or a a lens.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like how the, the reader experiences the brilliance of... Of this two-dimensional character. Yes. Or one-dimensional character, I suppose, I should say. Two-dimensional? I
0: mean, actually... Flat, flat things. I, feel, I feel like in terms of talking about characters, uh, these days we use one-dimensional and two-dimensional to mean the same thing. Yeah. That's why I got They're confused. Like, yes. <laughs> Basically, not three-dimensional, <laughs> not fleshed out.
2: And yet, when Conan Doyle killed him off maybe it was just a form of protest on the the, uh, part of the fans at the time but like like you had said earlier G people wore mourning bands people published obituaries Mm -hmm. in newspapers it just seems bizarre I mean maybe the Victorians had a different sense of of character than we do but it just seems bizarre that people would go to such extremes for a a 2D flat character
0: I feel like there was similar maybe slightly more tongue-in-cheek but there's a similar response to when Superman died.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also hashtag not my Christian.
2: Nah, (laughs) is (laughs) that true? I
1: (laughs) no, it is obviously not (laughs) the same, but I mean just the, like you have to think about the context of the time, right? Like, so you had a number of people being outraged Mm -hmm. about a very popular character dying. I don't think that's any different than people making large spoilers about things and being upset about them. You know, Certain Mm -hmm. characters in Harry Potter getting killed off.
0: That kind of thing. Who shall remain nameless.
1: (laughs) (laughs) People die in Harry Potter.
3: Spoiler?
1: (laughs) I don't know. But that's what I'm talking about. Just that at the time, there weren't the same outlets that existed, and the the whole human network of communication was completely different. Now we have the internet, so something like that could happen today, but it would be much more subdued because it would probably take place in a tweet storm over like five to ten minutes or a few days or some weeks or an entire presidency or whatever and that would be what would happen Mm -hmm. probably followed by other actions but there wasn't the same way to participate in the fandom which is also not something that came up because this isn't an episode on how historical fandoms (laughs) were true like people wrote in that's all they they could do people unsubscribed that is all that they could do yep Unsubscribe.
0: <laughs> um no subscribe. Some some letters Doyle wrote back as Watson. Hmm. Further confusing the uh <laughs> the line between the two.
2: Oh man.
0: I'd like to know if anyone thought Watson wrote The Lost World, however. Shall <laughs> we move on to In or Out?
1: In or Out Uh I'm loving these new little... I'm glad you made these little jingles, G. They're great. Yeah. Me too. I'm loving them. All right. So this is part of the show where we find out who's in or out. And by that, I mean, are you going to do more of the thing that we talked about earlier on like five minutes ago? Are you going to do
0: that's of the thing? <laughs> it's not. He loses ability to form <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just like saying things goofy. It's the part where we talk about if you're going to participate more in the fandom or not. In some cases, that means participating at all or dropping out. Uh, I'm going to start with Z, because I think I usually start with G.
2: All right.
3: Hey.
2: Okay, well, I'm good to go. Um, in that, I already know my answer, which is I am out. Shocking. Ooh. That's right. In part, um, I'm I'm out because, you know, I just, I've just never really been that interested in mystery stories. And I see myself being drawn in to Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock stories. There's probably a, a pinch of, of spite towards the Victorian era for misinforming everybody about the medieval period, too, but that's neither here nor there. I think it's exactly here. It is It is mostly here and a little bit over there. Mm. But I am out. All
0: right. Well, I mean, basically, like Doctor Who, is is pretty much a straight grab of, of the Sherlockian uh, archetype. Mm-hmm. Just put in a sci-fi setting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, with a little more, a little more dressing, like he's a lot friendlier, obviously, <laughs> than, than Sherlock is. But, yes, but the deduction is
2: still there. Yes. What about? Uh, I'm going to swing it over to uh, the, the man who's usually number one, G. What about you, G?
0: Okay, I'm in mm-hmm. with a question mark. Hmm. Um. Okay. So I watched the BBC Sherlock when it came out, and I really liked it and I was on top of it came out generally around beginning of the year and I uh, I was interested and then there's there's been an entire season now that I haven't watched oh. I watched season three and I felt something missing hmm. and I was just less interested I might catch up but I thought the the last episode of season two was like perfect like the ratings was, was, would agree with you it was <laughs> yes as they always do um it was exhilarating. It was like it was just beautifully done. Yeah. And then I feel like the ensuing season, season three, both started taking pot shots at fandom. Mm. Not like real serious stuff, but like kind of making fun, like, eh, you really love this show, don't you? Kind of thing. Mm, yes. And at the same time, trying to appeal to it too much. Mm. I feel like between two and three, something had really changed. And there's not that interested in it. But reading this over, Doing doing all the research reminded me like there's a lot of the actual stories I haven't read and I haven't read any of the novels. Wow! So I do intend to read those, kind of get the whole sacred texts <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's lots of ways to experience Sherlock that isn't the current BBC show. I don't think I'm going to watch Elementary. <laughs> but uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and read all the all all the Doyle stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna say that I'm in T.
1: I'm going to say that I'm as in as I could possibly be in. I probably won't participate in the fandom because I've got too much other stuff to do. But, I mean, as we were talking about the show, I mentioned, you know, House, and you talked about CSI, and we mentioned BBC Sherlock, and I probably mentioned some (laughs) anime. And, you know, I didn't mention those just because I know about them. (laughs) I mentioned them because I've seen a bunch of them. Now, like you, I haven't seen series four of bbc sherlock or the uh, there was like a little special in between where they had more of a historical
0: it was like in the era
1: yeah yeah i haven't seen either of those i know that series four is out now it actually came out at the beginning of january so i'm well behind Hmm. but i mean i love watching that love watching house and watch this this man who's obviously in a lot of pain and also very rude but also brilliant Mm -hmm. deducing things you're like oh I mean, with House, it's hard because I'm not a doctor and I don't know very much about medicine, so it's very unlikely that I'll figure anything out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's still really interesting to watch. It was always really interesting to watch. Yeah. And I think back to the first episode of Series 3 of BBC Sherlock where they had all those hilarious, how did he survive? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love that. I, I did not like that. <laughs> oh, man. Because I, they never told you. No. Oh, I, that part doesn't bother me because it remi- It also reminds me a lot of um, Adventure Time where they have the fanfic oh, yeah. in-universe.
0: And I love that. But
1: that's, that's separate from, from <laughs> Sherlock.
0: I wouldn't mind if we came back up and running or Sherlock spends five minutes being like, oh, I actually didn't die because of this. But to make the whole episode about, oh, is this how it happened? Do you really want to know? And then just be like, oh, I guess not. He's a mystery. <laughs> it, was, it was a little too much for me. All right, um, fair. Oh, I will, I will also add, I do want to watch Mr. Holmes, the movie. That was worth watching. I enjoyed that. And um, one of my favorite authors, Michael Chabon, Oh yeah. has written a Sherlock-inspired uh, novella, Ooh. which I want to read. So, those as well. Okay.
3: Anyway,
1: as I was getting to, I'm in as much as I could possibly be in. I will probably continue to watch Sherlock Holmes-themed things. Every time I go to the chapters lately, they have had a (laughs) manga adaptation of a Sherlock Holmes story in the BBC Sherlock universe. And I'm like, should I pick this up?
0: Interesting. The answer so
1: far has been no. But (laughs) when when I pick it up, I will let you know. (laughs) Anything could happen. Mm -hmm. It's been out for a while. I think it's only been at chapters very recently. Mm -hmm. All right. Fans of the week. Fans of the week. Fans of the week.
0: That one we don't have a segway for. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Ah! Uh, Hold on. Hold on. I can do this. Um, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Are you ready for fans of the week? We're selling tickets and we'll give you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. (laughs) Perfect. If you're not there, you better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, you better break
0: out.
1: (laughs) No. That's right. <laughs> got everyone ready. Yep. <laughs> this is the part we're of the, the fans tra- of the week. <laughs> oh, we're talking fans of the week, where we try to find interesting tweets or, or other things by fans to just show how awesome the fandom of the fandom that we're talking about this week is. I managed to find a few fans of the week. I have three fans. Um, I will include the links in the show notes. so You can actually see these things. Uh, they are somewhat textual, so at least we got that going for us this week. Uh, the first one is from the Today I Learned robot hmm. on Twitter, and it says, Today I Learned that Sherlock, a seven-year-old TV show that's ended its fourth season, has 13 episodes in total.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Mm-hmm. Right? Each one's, like a, each one's like a movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Still. like 90 like minutes. Yeah. The second one is from Twitter user Zoidi. Uh The caption is, this pretty much summarizes the entire show, and it's a series of pictures of Watson. And the first one just says, did I just text a murderer? Did we just break into a military base to investigate a rabbit? Did you just drug my pregnant wife? Did you just get engaged to break into the office? That's pretty much BBC Sherlock. (laughs) Uh, Highlighting what we were talking about at Holmes earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The last one I think is interesting because it kind of ties together some of the other fandoms we've been talking about. This one was from uh, Fandom Life with a series of hashtags that I'm not going to read. But it's a conversation between two people. One person's like, so what religion are you? Fandom. What? No, I mean, who do you believe in? I believe in Sherlock Holmes. Pause. Moriarty was real. Pause. Pause. So you don't believe in angels? Of course I believe in angels. Sam and Dean run into them all the time. Who? They also run into (laughs) demons all the time. But that's why they have salt. (laughs) Uh, the other person's like, "Well, I believe in the Lord, the last of the Time Lords."
0: <laughs> Boy,
1: and then you know the person starts spinning around circles, doing the Doctor Who doo
0: Nicely covers all of the fandoms we've yep. done so far this so season. So far, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, the last one looks like it comes from uh, subreddit jokes. Uh, Bold Elf Seven posts, "Is this true?" And it's the the question is, "Why are Sherlock Holmes's taxes so low?" Hang on. I think oh, we went, I we think went. you guys can get this oh, uh, to get to the other side
0: uh, makes no income <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: because he's a master of deduction no. uh-huh. we're clever enough for
0: that, Nicely. not.
1: Those were this week's fans of the week.
0: Hey
2: cool, thanks deep.
0: Alright, so for the spotlight this week, it is not a Sherlock thing, but it is a thing that I discovered just today that cuts right to the quick Hmm. about what this podcast is all about. Oh. Anime origin stories. An interview project by Lauren Orsini, aka the Otaku Journalist, Hmm. is an interview project in which fans share the earliest things they can remember about their introduction to anime fandom. Hmm. She's trying to... Interview every people on a mass scale get as many people as possible involved to get like a good idea of how anime fandom started and evolved. Yeah. In the Western world, so um it's like just started. Oh. Stories dot com. So if you are an anime fan, head over there, tell your story, and help us get like as much info as we can mm-hmm. about the fandom. Yeah. So by the end of it, we have a giant heap of info on which to frolic.
3: <laughs>
0: nice. metaphorically <laughs> animeoriginstories.com
1: the other spotlight that I have is one that we brought up in the past which is appropriate because I'm talking about the race against time Ooh. now in its third year of running the race against time is our annual charity live stream where we work our way through Chrono Trigger obtaining all of its various endings also raising money for the Alzheimer's Society of Canada last year we raised over $1200 Canadian and this year we have plans to surpass that this year, the event is going to be held August 12th through August 13th, probably starting around 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe on twitch.tv slash the race against time to be notified of when we go live and anything that's going on related to that. Or you can check out raceagainsttime.io, where we'll probably also have the stream up in the top so you can see it and also has any additional information about the race against
3: time.
0: Yeah, it was a, it's been a blast the last two years we've done it. Mm hmm. Uh, Hopefully this year will be bigger and better. Yes. And we have a lot of people along for the ride. We're going to play more Chrono Trigger than we ever have before.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, we shall.
0: If you would like to hear more from us, we are at The Next Cast on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We're also on iTunes. Uh, If you're listening to us on iTunes, we'd love it if you would uh, subscribe or throw us a rating or a review. helps more people hear what's going on over here and really appreciate to hear your thoughts on the show.
1: Also, if you want to see us continue to produce the amazing fan content that we produce ad free every week,
0: every week, every
1: you can support week. us on Patreon by becoming a patron. Even a monthly pledge of as little as $1 a month can make a huge difference in us producing the content that you listen to and watch every week. So check that out. Patreon.com slash the next cast
0: you said we have content coming out every week whether it's the podcast whether it's uh, what we have coming out on youtube the various things that we have on youtube mm-hmm. and we only have six arms between us <laughs> with your help we can get uh, robot arms yes <laughs> so please donate now thank you
2: and if you'd like to join in the conversation on twitter be sure to use that hashtag panthro hashtag f-a-n-t-h-r-o because hashtag panthropological It's just too long. It's twice as
1: long as it needs to be. And following (laughs) the adage of shortening things, cut out half the words.
0: Having this genius five-syllable name for the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But we'll go with with hashtag Fanthro because I don't see anyone else using it. So we're going to jump along. And with that, we will jump along into our famous last words. Famous last words.
1: All right, this is the part of the show where one of us says something embarrassing, and it's probably Z. Wee. I mean, what? Um, this is the part of the show where we're going to pose some questions, or just a question, about next week's fandom. In this case, next week, we are talking about Transformers. And so if you had one question or one statement to make about next week's fandom, what would that be? Starting with you, Z, not because you're going to give the most embarrassing <laughs> one, but because I picked you. Because according to previous episodes, by random selection, the answer is always
2: My...
1: <laughs> E. We've done it
0: twice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My very, very specific question is, why was Orson Welles a voice in the Transformers movie? Ooh, I like that one. You're not curious about Len- Leonard Nimoy? Just I, feel like, I feel like the
0: answer would be because they paid him.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you can't just pay him to say stuff. I mean, Orson Welles famously... Threw away that ad copy because he wanted to. Say, he, you know he wanted to tell people the truth about about Beth's peaches or whatever it was he had, he was advertising. You know
0: <laughs> the copy sounded crispy, too crispy, too crispy. So that's these stupid question. You Boy, or oh my much better question is why did they use Weird Al's Dare to Be Stupid in the Transformers <laughs> oh movie? Oh boy, how could it possibly be appropriate to Transformers action? <laughs>
1: I mean, are they all going to center around the 1980-something Transformers movie? I didn't think Possibly. of my question
0: until Z said his. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> so the answer to that is up to you, too. Yes.
1: Okay, yes. that's fair. I am not actually going to ask a question about the movie because I can't actually think of very much about the movie. Like, I'd, I've seen it twice. I don't remember very well. My question is, who is supposed to be the primary demographic of Transformers? Because the only people... That I know who seem to watch Transformers are like my age, but they keep making movies and TV shows. Yeah. So
0: what's up with that?
2: It's <clears throat> Transformers only for old
0: people.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, there was that one Weird. Transformers movie with the old Transformer.
0: What? Death of the old Transformer. I think it was number three. Do you
2: mean? Do you mean? Do you mean Logan? Uh no. <laughs> no, I think it was the third movie. It was a Transformer Darkman something something like that. It was a Transformer with like a an. Who, uh, whose voice actor decided to play him as an old Jewish man. <laughs> oh, Fairly okay. bizarre choice. Yeah.
1: All right, less embarrassing than I thought, but still, last words, <laughs> mm-hmm. nonetheless.
0: <laughs> Answers to all these questions and more Yes. <laughs> next week on Featherological. Goodbye, everybody. About how much that'd be worth now? Oh, man, bespoke oil barrels. <laughs> well, speaking of distractions, <laughs> this, could, this could this could not stop. Like we, <laughs> there, there's there's no there's no end.
1: I know. No. Speaking of distractions,
0: <laughs> great projects aren't finished; they're only abandoned. <laughs> Go on.
1: I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> speaking of distractions, maybe we can take this distraction ridiculously popular mm-hmm.
0: even to this day. Well, that brings us to the why. Why
1: why 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 I read an interesting but probably controversial